Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. Wherever you find yourself today, you belong here. And we hope that this word uplifts and inspires you in your daily life. Here's this week's message. Good morning, Grace Church. I like this. You guys were nice and loud. This, I, let me tell you, it makes it a little bit easier to have people in the room, okay? We were doing youth group for a while, only online, and I was speaking directly to the camera. And I found myself going, amen, amen, like responding to my amen. So I am so honored to be here. I'm wearing this shirt right now, Grace Church. It's, it's not because it's just a cool logo or it's something cool to be wearing. It's because I'm repping my family. And I wanted you guys to know, yes, come on, come on, that I am so blessed and honored to be up here in front of all of you guys. And, and this is such an honor to be able to be here and, and to share what God has put on my heart. So I just want to say thank you so much, Grace Church, for being an amazing family. Give it up for yourself. Come on. Come on. Well... Um, oftentimes, us as people, we tend to, like, you know, identify ourselves as things. So, so for instance, like, I like to say that I'm a morning person, okay? And so I'll be like, I'm a morning person. But sometimes I also tend to be a night person. So I can just be that annoying person all the time, right? But we tend to, like, I identify ourselves. We, we, we tell ourselves, and there's supporting facts, I wake up in the morning and I annoy the, the crap out of my wife. Sorry, I said crap. I annoy her so much because she's like, let me wake up before you try to talk to me and be so happy and spontaneous. All righty? So there, there is something that, you know, it, there's always something that proves what it is. So in this case, growing up, all the way up until I got married, there was something that I never knew how to do and it proved this one thing, and here's what it is. I'm being very vulnerable with you right now, Grace Church. You're my family, okay? So all the way up till getting married, I did not know how to do my own laundry. <laughs> I could change the clutch in my car. I could do all the work on it. I could, you, anything mechanical, I got you. But I never knew or did my own laundry. And there is one answer to this. It is simple. I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> you like that intro? <laughs> I'm a mama's boy through and through. I have to be honest with you. It took me a lot. It took all of my pride out of the way to tell you that this morning. But I am a mama's boy. I have to be so clear about that. And I love my mama so much. So what better day to preach than on Mother's Day? Come on. Can, really quick. And I want to get loud for this. I want to give it up for all the moms, the mom figures in the rooms, the moms that you know, the women in your life that have, have given everything to grow you, to shape you, and to guide you. Can we just give it up for them really quick? Come on. Thank you, Mom. I know you're going to be watching this. I know you're probably preaching at the same time, but I love you so much. But either way, I am so thankful for all the women in our lives who have led us, who have guided us. And it is so important. Make sure that you say thank you. Make sure that you say thank you even to the women that have led you in, in times that you never knew you needed to be led. Amen? Amen. 
Well, based off of being a mama's boy, I know your assumption could be, oh, he's going to, you know, preach on Joseph, the coat of many colors. That was a mama's boy. He was the favorite kid out of all. Mm, no, just joking. Uh, great fashion sense. But no, that's not where I'm going this morning. That's not where I'm going. But there's two major things before I dig in and we pray and we go forward with this word. And here are the two major things that God um, imprinted on me and this is something we believe in as a church, but I want it to be something that you're going into this word knowing that we need to do. The first thing is recognizing that we cannot go forward or proceed without the Holy Spirit. We cannot. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't just operate in the amazing worship time we just had. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. He guides us. He, he, he shows things that we have never been able to see before. And as we go forward, I want you to be looking through that lens. Number two is the whole reason why we are here. And that is Jesus Christ. Yeshua the Savior, we have to filter everything that we read and see through the lens of Jesus Christ. Amen. I titled my talk this morning, Yeshua, Yes, He Is. And honestly, I have to be really clear with you and, and vulnerable with you. It doesn't actually, I'm talking about faith, but, but the answer is Yeshua. The mover is Yeshua. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Lord God, we come gathering together as family, not just to hear about you, but to encounter you. God, we don't move without you moving, Lord. Lord, I pray Right now in this room, your presence would be so heavy. Lord, as we laugh, your spirit's moving. As we grow, your spirit's moving. Lord God, I pray over myself right now, my heart, my soul, and my words, it would all be aligned with you, Lord God. I make room for you. I make room for you. Would you speak in Jesus' name? Everybody said. Amen, amen. If you are a hard book kind of person, the Bible person, you could go ahead and turn to Joshua 2. Or if you have the electronic Bible, just as good, go ahead. We're going to be reading out of Joshua chapter 2. Now, be ready because we're covering the whole chapter. I will be paraphrasing, so we will not just, I will not just blatantly read the whole thing out to you. But we will be moving, and I would love for you to be able um, to follow along. Now... If, if any of you guys know me, have been close to me, had good conversations with me, and maybe we were talking about a TV show or a movie, there is this problem I have. And anybody who knows me uh, has probably experienced this problem, right? I get really excited about movies and TV shows, and I, I love the stories and how they go, but my favorite part if I'm going to be honest, in, in any of my favorite movies, they have mad, amazing endings. I am all about the endings. And what typically happens when somebody starts talking about that movie, I go, oh, I love this part when blah, blah, blah happens and blah, blah, blah happens, and I totally ruin the movie. 
I totally ruined the movie. Omar has experienced this firsthand. He goes, bro, bro. And I typically do it on accident, but this morning I'm going to do it on purpose. All righty. So we're reading out of Joshua chapter 2. I am going to skip to Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, for a few seconds. When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpets, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. If you didn't understand what that was talking about, that was talking about the walls of Jericho. How many of you are glad that we serve a God that brings walls down? It is so important to understand the, in the, the, the ending of the story to, to begin to understand the power of the beginning of the story. Amen, Grace Church? Amen. Well, I'm going to give us a little context to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua is all about essentially Joshua leading the Israelites. And so the, the mantle is passed to Joshua, and he is now leading and hearing from God. To, to lead the, the, the Israelites where God wants to lead them and to bring them into the promised land. This is where they, they, they become the nation that, that they, they were to become and where they see many miracles and trials in it. And I love this scripture so much because we are going to be reading the beginnings of Jericho coming down. Amen? All right, we are starting with Joshua 2 Verse 1, then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. So what we see is these spies are in the city of Jericho, and, and they're, they're spying, they're looking around, and they need to find a place to go. Now, I am a total visual person. As I'm reading scripture, um, God always gives me weird things that I can relate with it so I can begin to understand. Um, and in this case, it was Aladdin. <laughs> I, I begin to read, and all of a sudden, I get like the, the opening scene after, you know, the big, the lion, you get this picture of Aladdin with Abu, his, his, his monkey, okay? So I got this picture minus the musical and minus the monkey, okay? We have two spies that are moving through this city. Um, they could have been being chased. They, they could have been followed. At some point, they were found out. At some point, they knew that they were outed. They were no longer spies. They were run. They were on the run, okay? They were being pursued. So I can only imagine, we're going to call spy one the guy in the front, okay? That's spy one. And, and he's the guy making the shots. He's like, all right, we're just going to turn left here. I could only imagine it was a maze, right? And then we're going to call the guy behind him spy two, okay? It never clarifies their names. There's some speculation, but I don't need to get into that, okay? Either way, spy one, he's moving, he's ducking, he's diving, he's looking around. He's like, where are we going to go? They find their way out to the outer edge of the city near the wall, the outer edge. There are these rooms that they built into the wall of Jericho. So they're, they're by there, and they, they, the guy's got to make a decision. They've got to hide out. They've got to figure it out. So I can only imagine he finally is like, all right, I'm going to walk through this door. I'm going to knock on it. We're, we're going to go into this one. So he knocks on it, they both get in, 
And, you know, when you walk in a room, your natural instinct is pick your head up, look around, figure out where you're at. I could only imagine, I feel like I really relate with the, the second guy, and I could only imagine that as he's looking at, around and he comes to terms with where he's at, he's like, he's like whispering to the dude, he's like, dude, this is a prostitute's house. <laughs> out of all the doors you could have walked through, <laughs> this is the one, this is the one. And that is where this story begins. We're going to be breaking down who Rahab is and the decisions she makes. That's her name, Rahab the prostitute. And the decisions she makes to walk forward and walk out and in action in faith. Amen. The scripture begins to go on and describe that the king of Jericho finds out that these spies are being hidden in Rahab's house. And he sends a messenger and he, he commands her he, to send these guys out. And we're going to continue reading and pick up in verse 4 her response. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. Everybody say, hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gates, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up to them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Because of you. She begins to talk about the testimony. I, I, I would love to cover this scripture, but I want to make sure that I'm respectful to your time, and I'll summarize it and paraphrase it for you. She begins to talk about the testimony of what she has heard Israel come through. She begins to talk about how uh, the, 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 the Red Sea was split, or in her, her, her words, she said, dried up. And then she begins to talk about um, these, these, these kings, these destructive kings, and how, how God had brought Israel to a victory over them, and, and, and how God provided for Israel. And she goes on to say that, that, that they were melting in fear. That the Jericho, the city of Jericho, was melting in fear. She says it again. We just read it. And she says it again, melting in fear. And she concludes with this, For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Can we get it? Amen. I'm going to read that again. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. She said that. Rahab the prostitute said that. Then they begin to make a deal. She's smart. She knows their God is big. She knows her God is big. So she begins to plead with him. She goes, she goes I will do everything. I will be quiet and I will wait. But here's the deal. I, would, I want you to protect my family. I want you to protect my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, and their children. 
I want you to protect them. And they go, they say this, our lives for your lives. Our lives for your lives. Then they make this deal and they begin to, to, she begins to lower these spies down and they're still conversating and they're still going back and forth. And they said, as long as you don't say anything and, and you tie this scarlet cord on your window and you keep all of your family in your house, you will not be harmed. Verse 23 picks up. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills forded the river and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Melting in fear, there it is, because of us. I was watching this video um, COVID has caused us to be more sanitized and more clean, and we, we wear masks. And I was watching this video uh, early on with COVID-19, and this lady, she was pushing this cart, and she was in line um, with, with people, and, and she had this aerosol can of disinfectant, and she was spraying down the handle, right? And then she was walking and then wiping it, and then and then... Every time the line moved forward, she would spray the air that the person was standing in <laughs> in front of her, like, shh, all right, it's safe. How often do we try to sanitize the word? How often do we try to go, oh, no, 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 Rahab was just an innkeeper. <laughs> she was a store owner or, or she, she did something with, you know, helping people in and out. I, let me tell you, I went through like all the translations, and every time it was prostitute. We need to recognize before we go forward that he will use you. I am not equipped to be up here. I do not deserve to be up here but by the grace of God and how good God is. Even though we're reading the Old Testament, we see the gospel washing over it. God saves undeserving people, and he loves them just the same. Grace Church, if you're here right now and you feel completely undeserving, good. He loves you, and he will use you. I want to continue. I cannot, I can't do this without talking about this. We see in the scripture, Rahab goes, they're not here. They ran out. Now, we, we've got to call that what it is. That is a lie, okay? Rahab did lie, and that shows us who she was. That shows us the rawness and realness of who she was. Her first reaction was just to lie, her first response was to lie, but God still used her. You see, if we look at the, 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 the Israelites and the laws that they were given, 613 laws and 10 commandments, one of those was don't lie. And I don't want to go and say, oh, God chose her so she would lie. No, I do not believe that. I believe they put that into scripture to show how real and raw and how new she was to this relationship with God. Amen. 
Matthew 1, chapter 2, it talks about the lineage uh, of Jesus. And smack dab, right in the middle of it, there's Rahab's name. There's Rahab's name. Right in the middle of the lineage of Jesus, God went, I am going to bring my son into the lineage. And I do not think it's just coincidence that we see scarlet cord on the window, the blood of Christ, and Rahab in the lineage of Jesus. Her name is mentioned multiple times in the Bible as woman of faith. I have a question for you, Grace Church. What if Rahab never answered the door? What if she never opened the door? I think it's so funny. Now these days when the, the, a knock on the door, we just assume it's Amazon. <laughs> Don't answer it. The second knock, you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? We're really not answering the door. Lock it. It's so funny, though. That was a simple action with a big result. Grace Church, that was a simple action with a big result. Matthew 13, verse 31 says, this is Jesus talking about a parable. He said, he told them another parable. The king of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in the branches. The size, I, I always believed that the size of my risk and the th size of my faith determined the size of what God was going to use me to conquer. But that is such a lie. The size of your risk does not determine the size of your wall. The size of your risk, God is going, just open the door. Just open, just start the process, just open the door because I'm telling you, you will not go back on what my promises is and what my power is and what I can do through you. Amen. I love that, that picture of the mustard seed and how Jesus talks about the tree growing because it so aligns with Rahab. We see she opens the door and it allows her to be a part of the faith story of the walls of Jericho coming down. But not only that, the tree keeps growing and it allows her to be in the story of the gospel and of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. In verse 10 of Joshua 2, we see her say, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to, to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. And at the ending of verse 11, she says, and I, had, and I repeated it, for the Lord your God is God of heaven above and earth below. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a, I would like to consider myself a car guy. Now, I don't tend to have the money to have, you know, all the cars and all the toys. But I do watch a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> and and I, I, I do always try to maintain at least one project car, and it drives my wife nuts. But I do. it Right now, I have a little Mazda pickup. It's a 1986. It's the cutest little thing you've ever seen. And it's really fun to me. I love working on it. But... A lot of car guys, except, especially YouTubers, they go, if you can't buy the car, why don't you get a replica? 
right? So they always like talk about like these these replica brands that are like so cool because you could, you could actually submit an order and they would build exactly what little car you would want them to build. And it's so funny because like it all the way down to the, like the steering wheel will still work and the wheels will work and all of that and it rolls and you can lift up the hood and it like looks great and stuff, but like try driving it. <laughs> it's tiny. Like, like really, try driving it. And I think it's so funny because sometimes, sometimes we, we get okay with that and we go, okay, that's as big as it's ever going to get. When you perceive your God as small, let me rephrase that. When you perceive your wall as massive and you perceive your God as small, what outcome are you going to have? When you make your wall big, your perspective of God becomes small. But when you make your God his actual size, the wall that once looked big becomes small. And in this instance, the wall that was once big is now fallen. Grace Church, God is calling us to recognize the actual size of our true and living God. He is not a toy replica. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he has created you. And I believe that he has you sitting here right now because God wants walls to fall in your life. We see Rahab welcome the spies and we see her not only do that, but hide them. I love it because we see her over and over again pro proclaim the goodness of God and who he is. And I love it because salvation takes faith. But we see her faith grow in an instant from just believing into action. She goes, I believe your God. He's my God now too. And I know what he can do. And because I know his size and because I know what he can do, I'm going to turn that faith of believing into faith in action. James chapter 2 verse 26 says, As the body without a spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And I'm going to conclude with this story for you guys. Um, it's Mother's Day and I love my mama. Mama, I love you. And... Uh, uh, I remember she, she started working for kinder care, um, and she became a center director for kinder care learning center. If you guys have ever seen those, it's, it, don't call it a daycare center. I learned not to do that. It is a learning center, okay? But either way, she was a director, and she was doing so well, and her center went from bottom up to the top in her district. So, so her supervisors recognized that, and they said, what are you doing? And she's like, just working hard, doing my best, you know, whatever, you know, that is. And they go, all righty, well, we need you to do that with, like, the, 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 day, the, the learning centers around the area. <laughs> right? I, I'm using my words wisely. <laughs> I want you to do that with the learning. So she became the district manager for her area. And, and after that, all of those kinder cares started, started turning over and looking really good and, and being the way they should have. So they expanded it a little bit. They're like, okay, we want you over the, the whole King County, Pierce County, and Alaska. 
So she did that, and she started digging in and working hard. My mom is a hard worker. That's right. And I am not trying to brag. She did something that nobody has ever done. She got 100% occupancy in every single kinder care in the surrounding area. 100%. Nobody has done that. And at the same time, she was serving at a church right down the road. And she was helping their kids department. And she began putting in hours with them. And she was like, she was like it was like split. She was full-time, full-time. You know how that works, church, right? <laughs> um, and she felt this tug on her heart. And that tug was to stop working at kinder care and to become a kid's pastor. Let me describe that, what that would look like for her. That is a 60% income drop. That is a loss of a work car. That is a loss of insurance. But she felt it. She felt it. And I remember last night I was talking on the phone and I was, I was talking through it with her. I was like, I was like is there any details I'm, I'm missing? She's like, it was the scariest thing I ever did, but it was such a simple answer. Such a simple answer. And I watched my mom go from this huge success to following Jesus, becoming a kid's pastor. Now, it doesn't end there. My mom just recently got her pastoral's license, and she is now co-pastoring a church in Seattle with my dad as I speak. That's a promotion to me. And that speaks volume to me. And here's why. Because my family is charging the reins and sharing the gospel and everything they're doing. And my mom was able to love and people in kinder care, but she couldn't talk Jesus. And now all she does is talk Jesus. Now, all my parents do is talk Jesus, and I couldn't be more proud because it moves me. God, my faith isn't what's going to make me happy. My faith is going where you're calling me to go. Amen? Amen. Hey, Jay, can you hand me that camera? It's right under the seat. I'm going to conclude, and I felt like God gave me a picture. Give it up for Jayla. I'm holding the camera right now, and I just said picture, and I did not mean that. It worked, okay? But this is a Pantax K1000 50-millimeter camera. So my wife, she loves getting deals. She uh, loves vintage clothes. Um, so she was on OfferUp, and we were, on a, we were having a church cleanup day, and she goes, she goes, babe. There's this cool Pantex camera and like Carhartt jackets listed by this guy, and his name's the Breadman. I'm not making this up. There's an actual story. His name's the Breadman. Either way, we end up getting this camera and a whole bunch of Carhartt jackets, which I absolutely love. And now the Breadman has become a distributor for all of us vintage clothes guys. Okay? We got a killer deal on it. And I got the camera, and I was like, this thing looks so cool. It's so retro. It's so vintage. But something you need to know about it is it doesn't have, like, a screen on it so you can see your photos. 
where's the photo? Like, how am I supposed to see the outcome? Like, it, it, it could have looked cool through the viewfinder, but there's so many settings on this thing, I don't even understand it. So I had to go and I had to look up like YouTube videos on how to load the film in and I had to order the film off of Amazon and, and I didn't know which one to get. Do I want black and white? Do I want color? Whatever. Uh, and I began to see all of these uh, people who are sharing their tips and tricks with the settings. Now, I'm not going to try to explain it because I'm going to like totally put it into the dirt. Um, Trey, you're, you're welcome. I know it would drive you nuts. He knows all the settings. He tried to explain it to me multiple times. And there's names for them all. And so if you're a photographer, I'm so sorry, okay? I still don't know, but I just, I know how to get it in the right place to somewhat get a good photo. And it's so cool because I had guidance from videos and people who have used it before and masters who have mastered it and who give these cool cues and they're like, this is what works. But I didn't pick this camera up for the longest time because I couldn't see the outcome. I couldn't see the instant picture. I couldn't see the wall that God was going to bring down or the miracle that God was going to do in my life. I couldn't see it, so I never picked it up. Finally, one day I saw it sitting as a decoration in my living room. And I went, I'm going to buy film for it and I'm going to use it. And I'm going to take cute little pictures of my little puppy and of my beautiful wife. Because, you know, that's what people do. But I felt like Grace Church, God was calling us into action and he was going, you're terrified to make the first move because you can't see what the end result is. But here's the deal. God has given us an end result and that is Jesus Christ. That is Yeshua. That is the son who came down and lived a perfect life and he walked the earth healing, loving, then to die on the cross. That door didn't make sense to open, did it? No, but that door was the biggest door ever opened and the biggest walls that ever came down was death itself. If that is not proof to what God can do, Rahab is proof to what God can do in anybody's life. Grace Church, if you can stand with me right now, we are going to respond to faith. I believe that God is calling us to say yes, not just to say yes to Him, not just to say yes to the salvation. Lord God, we know you're true. We know you're real. Rahab said it. She knew he was real, but there's something she did. It was when her faith went from faith in believing to faith in action. Grace Church, will you take that step of faith in action with me? I'm going to pray and we're going to go into this song and it says, yes, I will. Yes, I will. If you would proclaim that with me. Yes, I will. You are high in the lowest valleys. Lord Jesus, we love you so much, Lord God. We praise you with all of us and we see that you are a great big God, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that created us in our being, Lord God. And I pray right now, Lord, that our faith would grow as we say yes. Thank you for joining us. There's plenty of ways to get connected here at Grace Church. Find us on social media by searching Grace Church Federal Way or visit our website in the link below. Have a blessed week.